what did you make of what we saw uh, throughout this morning? It, it, Perry Mason, this was not, but it could be very important to this case. Perry Mason, this was not, but you know what this was? Extraordinary. We've been listening for now a better part of a few hours, testimony about whether Fonnie Willis and her team could be disqualified from actually being a part of this case. It's a huge case, a huge RICO case. At one point, more than a dozen different co-defendants, including a former president of the United States. We heard testimony today from a former law partner and a former fraternity brother and counsel for Mr. Nathan Wade in his divorce proceedings. He was very contrarian. He did not want to testify. He was there under subpoena, made very clear he did not want to be there had an issue of an attorney-client privilege, and that was the crux of the issue, whether you could talk about anything. He had a testimony from Ms. Yurdy, who was somebody who was a former employee of the DA's office and a former friend of Fannie Willis. They tried to discredit her by talking about her having an ax to grind, but she spoke about when she said she had personal knowledge that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade were romantically involved. And here's what she had to say about what she personally observed. Did you observe them do things that are uh, it's common among people having a romantic relationship? Yes. Such as, can you give us an example? Hugging, kissing, disaffection. All, of, all before November 1st of 2021, correct? Yes. Now, this is so important right now. I want to bring in Zach Cohen with me right now. Zach. Let's reorient for a second where we are and why we're here. It's not to watch a Bravo Housewives episode or about salacious details about a romance. It's because there are allegations that Fannie Willis has financially benefited from her relationship with Nathan Wade at the expense of this case. It's even to disqualify her. And so you're hearing testimony today from these different parties about whether and when it started. They say it started after he was already special counsel, right? But the testimony today was about whether it began before, which is very bad in terms of credibility. That's right, and Nathan Wade did not get put in a corner where he contradicted himself, right? During testimony, the lawyers tried to ask him about, you know, what Ms. Yurdy said, um, about the fact that, she, um, the date that she said that he was hired and started his relationship with Bonnie Willis, um, that that predated what he put in a sworn affidavit. And he never admitted to that contradiction, but it did, you know, it, it was an important data point because it does raise the question, why was Nathan Wade hired? When did that relationship start? And did Fonnie Willis uh, benefit financially from their relationship? And that yeah. is the threshold, right? That if Fonnie Willis gets disqualified, that's the threshold the defense attorneys have to make. They're not quite there yet, but they have raised questions about the credibility of both Fonnie Willis and the prosecutor. And remember, too, we still have the prospect of Fonnie Willis having to testify right. in this hearing. And, um, you know, it seems like the defense attorneys are making inroads towards that. I mean, they went through painstakingly all the different trips. I mean, first of all, the amount of time that they have had to go on trips. I mean, this is an 18 co-defendant RICO case. We're talking about Aruba and Miami and Napa and Tennessee, just to name a few cruises and beyond. There's a lot at stake there. But there was this moment that, that made me raise my eyebrows, and that was about his statements that he made in an affidavit about whether he'd had any sort of extramarital behavior. Listen to what he says when he talks about, well, actually, in 2015, my marriage had been irretrievably broken, therefore, everything after that was not actually technically a lie. Listen. My marriage was irretrievably broken in 2015, ma'am, um, by agreement. Um, my wife and I agreed that uh, once she had the affair in 2015, that we'd get a divorce. Um, 
We didn't get a divorce immediately because my children were still in school and I refused to allow them to grow up without their father at the time. So we waited. So this is important because he has affidavits where he changed his answer after the filing to try to disqualify them, to, to disqualify Donnie Willis to suggest before that he said he had not been involved with anyone, after he had, and now it's about this answer about the irretrievably broken marriage. Some semantics seem to be at play here for sure. Conscious and uncoupling, if you will. It, it really does go back to that question, though, of credibility, right? That is at the center of this um, hearing and what Nathan Wade's testimony so far has proven us. It does poke holes in the benefit of the doubt prosecutors in this case should have coming into this hearing. The fact that Nathan Wade was not only forced to testify because the defense brought a witness that, you know, opened that door, but that he's had to testify for over two hours now and he's coming back after lunch and going to have to face questions from every defense attorney that's joined this motion. And, you know, again, Bonnie Willis, the risk of her having to get on that stand has increased for sure today yeah. so far. Jim, I can't yeah. help but wonder, can you imagine if right now we were watching Jack Smith go through his either extramarital or romantic relationships, can you imagine the impact on their credibility for a jury or for the case at large? Right, or even the prospect that Jack Smith could be removed from the case because of something like this. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Fonnie Willis uh, goes away. What happens to this case down in Fulton County? I mean, that's the big question hanging over all of this. Uh, Laura and Zach, thank you very much. All right, let's bring in our panel to talk about what we've been uh, covering over the last uh, several hours. CNN legal analyst and former federal prosecutor Elliot Williams, CNN legal analyst Carrie Cordero, and CNN chief national affairs correspondent uh, Jeff Zeleny. Uh, Elliot, let me start with you first. I mean, is Fonnie Wellis uh, in peril here? I mean, could she be tossed off this case? She could. Yeah. Um, and, and it's up to the judge to decide what the actual remedy is. Do you remove the prosecutor? Do you bring in another uh, individual from outside? Do you not remove the prosecutor and say that, well, because of the fact that the, you know, the relationship was consensual, there are reasons to say that um, the finances were not co his personal finances were not commingled such that the trips they went on are permissible um, and perhaps it, it all stays uh, you know proceeds as normal it's a mess for the office to be clear regardless of what the legality is it is a mess for the office and something they're going to have to deal with they have to put in front of a jury that is seeing all this playing out and Carrie I mean let's talk about I mean the, the main uh, problem here for Fonnie Willis and for Nathan Wade is whether or not the judge believes this uh, witness that we heard from earlier this morning and whether that's sufficient to tell the judge, okay, uh, Willis and Wade were not up front with the court when they were asked about this. And then that's it. Is that, that's it? Well, I mean, look, we have come so far from what the substance of what the Georgia case is about, right. which was about the election and racketeering are the allegations and conspiracy to, you know, obstruct the actual election outcome. And so this is so far removed. And what the judge is looking at is whether or not there is an actual conflict or an appearance of conflict. And I think it's that appearance piece that this hearing is starting to chip away at. Not that they necessarily under the uh, rules and laws of Georgia and ethics laws and ethics regulations, all of that, whether or not the judge will find that they actually violated those I think is a question but whether or not the appearance after all of this personal information being revealed in this public format has has come out whether the judge finds that the appearance piece um, 
leans in favor of disqualification. You know, you know when I got admitted uh, to the bar in New York, you do an interview, an ethics interview, and I sat down with this guy in his office, big, thick New York accent. He basically said, you know, there's one big rule. Don't commingle your funds. It's literally, that's it. Do not mix your personal funds with the funds of your business and the funds of your client. It is something that is written in stone for all attorneys. And even if uh, it ends up being perfectly fine. As Carrie said here, there is the appearance of impropriety. There's an appearance of a conflict of interest that could really taint the office's work. And they, yeah. you know, these are folks who are senior, successful attorneys who, frankly, even if it's okay, ought to have known better, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of what we heard this morning feels very small ball, but ultimately, the big question is if she's pulled off the case, does this go off the rails? Can it survive? Can I mean, it survive? it's always been a question. Yeah. I've always had the question in terms of a DA's office bringing this enormous case against a former president, against his entire network of individuals who are the alleged co-conspirators. And the fact that she had to go outside of the office to contract with other private sector attorneys is the only way that this office, which is doing like regular DA, everyday criminal prosecution work that's important to this county and to the city of Atlanta, how could they actually have the capacity to bring this case? So the question is, is if she's disqualified or if at some point uh, between the judge, between now and the judge's decision, she decides to step away from the case, which yeah. is still a possibility um, just to settle down this entire uh, focus on her and Mr. Wade, um, whether or not the case could continue. And I think that would in part depend on whether the judge would determine that her staff can continue right. on right. those right. involved in the case or whether it would have to be removed to a completely different set of prosecutors in the state of Georgia.